slash and cast. Welcome back, fiends, to Handle with Scare, presented by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Our show discusses horror movies and the phobias they emphasize. With the year wrapping up, we've been taking a look back at some of our fiendish favorites of 2023. Before I introduce tonight's film and my co-host, just a few general reminders for you guys. You can stay connected with us over on X at Handle with Scare, and be sure to join us for our Twisted Tuesday watch parties, which are held every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time over at kick.com forward slash from Drunk. As always, I am joined by my co-host Grindhouse Zombie. And Zombie, tonight uh, marks back-to-back weeks uh, where we're essentially talking about directorial feature debuts uh, and what a one-two combo, because tonight uh, we are looking at Laura Moss's Birth Rebirth, which is one that you had recommended to me, which I had uh, initially watched when it dropped on Shudder, because it was one of the big Shudder acquisitions uh, earlier in the fall. And it was one of those movies that I'm like, at first I was like, I was trying to approach it. I was like, man, I really don't know where to rank this movie. Uh, and, you know, after watching it again on Twisted Tuesday uh, here this prior week, Safe to say, it's uh, held up fairly well still for both of us. Well, sure. So I had the luxury of seeing this movie um, at the Minneapolis International Film Festival with the director present doing a Q&A. Um, so that in and of itself um, made it really fun for me. And it was one of those moments where she was taking questions and... Uh, my wife generally doesn't like it when I stand up in public and talk, and I I did that there. She was like, no, 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 and I and I did it, and I I asked some questions that I mean, one of them the director was definitely a fan of, one of them she was not. Um, I'm I'm not gonna say what's what because I don't want to <laughs> sink the ship before it gets out of the harbor. Um, ultimately, I appreciate the fact that, and you told me this. You said I don't know what to think of this. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that is honestly the sign of a good movie that, you know, people like you and I that, I mean, tend to kind of follow a certain logic in our movies. We, we like a lot of similar things, but we have those little we have those little spurs that come out of us and it's it's something a little bit different. Um, so, A, I appreciate the fact that you gave it a second watch. Um, I appreciate the fact that you're like, well, yeah. This is pretty fucking solid. Um, but I still think the fact that it makes you think, because this this movie, when I saw it, <clears throat> it has stuck with me the whole year. And I don't know if it's the subject matter or um, if it was just the quality, the overall quality of the movie. Um, it's it's nice to see a horror movie that's that's dark. The subject matter is obviously very, very dark. Um, it's, I honestly thought above reproach, but it's also not filled with actors that are 
call it the upper echelon, our Hollywood A-list, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's something that I always appreciate, too, because, I mean, to your point, Laura Moss, the first-time director, it, it, when you watch the movie, the way that it's shot and everything goes through, it does not reek of a first-time director. It, you don't see a lot of those obvious, like, rookie mistakes and things like that. And then coupling that with the, the heaviness of the subject matter, I mean, it's... Like I said, I'll say it again. It stuck with me the whole year. I couldn't get away from uh, how much this movie made me think, and just and it made me think in a bunch of different ways. But probably the main one was I think about medical companies and the scientific research they do, mm-hmm. and I don't think that a lot of what they do is all that different from what we saw here. We just we just don't see it every single day. We don't necessarily see the fruits of it every single day. Um, because if there's a medical company out there right now doing these things, they're not going to tell us about it. It's it, it's not going to make the new aspirin that mm-hmm. cures all your headaches, you know. Um, but it leads down the road. So, But it does give you that that sort of dichotomy of like what's what right and what's wrong when it comes to medical research. Um, and, and anyway, ultimately, that's what, like what really stuck with me. And... This one is, it's still in my top four for the year. Yeah, no, I, I think a good way to to approach it to, uh, at least with like that thought process, is, you know, we, we have a lot of people who are like organ donors who, who are like devoting their uh, body after we're gone to science. And, you know, you don't necessarily always know where uh, that's going. Uh, so who knows? Maybe like one of these days you're uh, gonna find yourself at uh, at a roadside attraction. Probably not like a normal location that you would uh, hope to see it at. <laughs> you know, just something completely out of the blue. Uh, but anyways, birth rebirth. At least in regards to uh, the synopsis here, a morgue technician successfully reanimates the body of a little girl, but she must harvest biological materials from pregnant women to keep the child breathing. When a girl's mother, a nurse, discovers her baby is alive, the two enter into a deal that forces them both down a dark path. Alright, so, uh, we have Birth Rebirth revolving around Dr. Rose Casper, who is our hospital pathologist, who is mostly cold and solely focused on the work that she's uh, doing. Really, someone who doesn't really have any sort of social skills, uh, which, again... Uh, this is, you know, we watched Pathology uh, a little back ago, uh, very similar, uh, but at least, you know, as like a younger crowd, they at least had each other, but very cold, calculated sort of people. Uh, Rose Casper, in this case, uh, not 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 the party animal like the others, uh, but needs to say she is just as cold as them in regards to what she's actually doing. Uh, we also have the maternity nurse. Uh, seemingly Morales, who has that, like, comforting sort of presence in this movie, uh, and is really one to, like, use her words in order to, like, help keep her patients at ease, really, like, soothe them, make sure, you know, they're taken care of and things like that. And, uh, while Casper's work involves studying the dead, uh, Seely is definitely responsible for helping, uh, the women at the hospital given birth. Uh, so we basically have two women at the center of the story, uh, dealing with really just two complete opposite ends of mortal existence. Uh, and, you know, obviously their worlds are pretty different from one another. Uh, and, you know, even though the two of them work at the same hospital, it's not like they are 
interacting with one another, like their passive relief don't cross uh, at all. That is until uh, the daughter, Leela, dies of bacterial meningitis. And of course, uh, you know, with that, you know, we had a little bit of discussion about like, well, how did that actually happen? And I, I think Bob was the one who thought it was like when she like dropped her phone in, in the in a toilet, uh, even though like timeline wise, that really didn't make any sense. Um, but of course, you know, we have that like initial scare from like the mother's side where it's like, you know, obviously she had uh, dropped her kid off at like the neighbors because, you know, she's been picking up a lot of shifts at the hospital and, you know, unexpected illness arises and then you have that moment when it's like, you know, you're you're seeing the doctor talking to the neighbor uh, about like taking medications and, you know, she's trying to like be there for, uh, you know, it's silly here and she just is very cold in regards to like her approach because obviously like she's still like in that state of shock right out of the gate. When this movie starts, we often talk, I mean, you and I have talked more times than I can count about, like, bookending a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And this movie does that. The the fun part of it, or I think that the, call it the twist, is that you have no idea that it's happening until the end of the movie. Um, And with her daughter, um, you know, when, when, when Celia is waking up and she's realizing that she's late for work and then you know she she goes in and, and checks on Leela and Leela is clearly sick I mean and not one of those I'm a kid I don't want to go to school sick mm-hmm. she's clearly sick um for me one of the things that struck me hard about this movie is that you know she walks across the hallway to the neighbor and is like can you take her um and her daughter's kind of having a little bit of a meltdown but as a single parent, she is in that place where she has seen these meltdowns before and they have a, a, a far less substantial effect on her. So she just is like, I have to go to work and she just walks away. But she walks away having no idea that it's the last time she's going to see her daughter alive. And that was profound for me. It was one of the first things in the movie where it was just, I mean, <clears throat> you know, I don't I don't watch horror movies to be moved. I don't, okay? I watch horror movies because I like boobs and blood. <laughs> okay, that's, I mean, that's like the first and foremost reason I watch horror movies. But every once in a while, you have one that moves you on a personal level. And this movie, in so many spots, did it. But that was the first time where I was just like, like, I mean, in, and when the daughter does die, it's like, oh my God, she had this, she had this moment where she could have given her daughter this, you know, I'm sorry, but I have to go to work. I love you, whatever else. And she just kind of gives the the stomp off. And that, I think, is the thing that would haunt a parent forever. Yeah, definitely. Because you, you always have those moments of uh, looking back and wondering, like, okay, well, like, what was the last interaction uh, that I had with this person? And, you know, in this case, with, uh, with, with the mom, it's basically... Like, I'm paraphrasing here, but, you know, after seeing the little tantrum that the daughter was throwing, it was basically like, well, if you're going to act like that, I'm just going to go. And then she she went to work. So, like, that was really, like, the last thing that she said to her daughter. So, of course, that's something that she's always going to have, like, in the back of her mind for the rest of her life. 
uh, at this point. Uh, but, you know, this this piece of work really is inspired by Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Uh, obviously, this is more of a modern interpretation of the text uh, with, you know, the female scientists at the center of the story here. Uh, and, you know, really, f the Frankenstein angle uh, really foreshadows, you know, the possible threats that lurk around uh, these questionable scientific experimentations uh, that are taking place. Now, this movie has quite a bit of body horror elements uh, in this through medical procedures. Uh, and it's not like the it's not like the typical like medical porn quote like that we got out of pathology that like really like deep dove into like the realistic approach and it, like it was like, oh man, like but I, I guess as like a male viewer, like obviously like this isn't gonna have like this the same profound effect on us as it did to like Emily or, or Jess on Twisted Tuesday when we were watching it. Uh, I know like after the fact uh, you know, the next day when I talked to Emily, she's like really shaken up by 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 the subject matter uh, in this one in particular compared to like every other movie that we've watched. And I completely understand that. Uh, and <sighs> this movie really focuses on, you know, the female body and the process of reproduction. Uh, and it really encompasses the horrors that come with, you know, being a pregnant woman. Uh, and, and their experiences from the moment that they enter the hospital uh, to, you know, the time that they give birth. Uh, and, you know, that process really requires uh, them completely surrendering uh, themselves to, you know, this group of experts without really any sort of, like, emotional attachment, uh, you know, in, in that regard. And, you know, sure, we, we have, like, our nurse who is, like, doing her best to really support the women going, you know, through the labor uh, and, you know, we, we have some moments when, you know, she speaks on behalf of a patient when you have, like, the male doctor who decided to, like, opt for in, uh, God, I'm trying to remember the fucking word, because I'm, I'm a guy, I don't know, it's like a episiotomy, like an, yeah, a episiotomy a uh, reflecting, uh, how the presence of having another woman in the procedure can really, like, change the result of how things are going to go down, because, like, obviously, like, the guy is just, like, wanting be like, all right, let's cut her open. Let's get this baby out. Move on. You know, I got I got another appointment like right after this. But, uh, you know, the nurse is really the one to like put her foot down in that sort of situation saying like, oh, you know, like, let's just give it one more try. Just think of it as like just taking a giant shit. Well, I think, OK, so that exact moment. I think is more a. Hmm. How do I phrase this and make it make sense? Because I'm I'm trying to speak for women here, and I don't want to sound like I'm speaking for women. But I think it, it says something about having somebody in the room who is on your team and probably has a little bit of understanding. Because, I mean, clearly C Celia had Lily, you know? So it was like she understands. But I think she's probably more in tune with what's happening and to your point about I have another appointment, like it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. This is this is like the biggest thing that a woman's ever going to face. So it's not something that you can rush and you have to be able to let nature take its course. Now, I understand that there is a point where sometimes things are not working and you have to do that. But giving a woman an episiotomy, which is basically a surgical widening of the vagina, is I, I would hope that is not something people take you know like just as a lark 
I, I would hope that you take that very seriously. Um, and clearly she did, you know, and at the same time, I'm going to say this. I also think it has something to do or to say with the role that nurses play in our medical care. While, while we have doctors who are supposed to be the quote unquote knowledgeable ones and, and okay. Yeah. They go to school for a long time. They have these fancy degrees, whatever else they have. They have, we'll call it the, the book medical knowledge. I think nurses ultimately are the people that get people through their medical traumas and see them through the whole thing and hold their hands and probably are the more personable approach to it. The people that, I mean, and all things being equal, the person that brings you your pudding, the person that comes in and washes your ass when you're dirty, the person that tells you it's going to be okay, probably has a far more profound effect on you than the person that strolls in and goes, well, the procedure went fine, and you'll do this, and you're like, you go through all that, and you're like, great, and then you look at the nurse and say, what's next? You know, so um, I do honestly believe that this movie did a great job. I mean, obviously, it's being a female-centric movie, did a great job of showing us the importance of the role of an of of nurses and what they do and how important they are to people. It, it doesn't matter if you're having your tonsils out or you're having uh, back surgery. It doesn't matter. Their their role is always going to be equally important, and I think they play a far greater role in the outcome of what happens. Um, but also sometimes they come in and they give a very humanist approach to what's happening. Um, but I think they're also better at reading the room than mm-hmm. doctors are will ever be. Ever be. Yeah, so, uh, you know, that day, again, really packed the work here. Uh, Cecilia, I was not able to really contact her daughter after her phone had broken. Uh, that was, again, when she dropped it in the toilet. Uh, and, you know, Lilo was not feeling well that morning, and uh, Pauline was the one who was looking after her. Uh, but by the time that Celia had reached home, Lila had been admitted to the hospital. Uh, Celia was pretty devastated upon finding out that her daughter had, uh, you know, succumbed to bacterial meningitis and really blaming herself for being absent when her daughter had needed her the most. And, you know, for, for parents, like, obviously, like, that's probably one of the biggest fears, uh, you know, see, seeing the death of a child on uh, having to, like, you know, live through that sort of experience. Because no one wants to die before, uh, you know, their children. And, uh, you know, Celia was in that position where she really wanted to, like, have that final look at her daughter. Uh, so she ends up going down to the pathology room to gather, you know, whatever information she can on what had happened. Uh, and Rose, uh, very nonchalantly, just like advises her to uh, call the uh, medical examiner for like the the records, uh, and you know Rose was acting very peculiar uh, with her behavior, uh, and then we see her basically carrying like this large suitcase out to her car, uh, which definitely caught Celia's attention, uh, though at the time didn't really think too much about it. Uh, and then, you know, she, she goes to call, like, the medical examiner, uh, who basically just tells Celia, like, uh, yeah, I don't really know what to tell you. We, uh, we don't have your daughter. So then the gears really start to turn, like, what is actually going on? Like, how, how can this sort of thing happen? Like, 
obviously something is going on here. You know, something's not right, whether it is information not getting passed along through the proper, uh, you know, fields or whatever. But obviously, like, Rose is at the center of all of this, uh, which we don't find out immediately, but we do have, like, another confrontation between the two, uh, you know, a little bit later on when Seely ends up tracking Rose down. Uh, and it's basically just waiting outside of her apartment. With Rose, I'm it, her character straight out of the gate is... And I think you said it. She's not exactly personable. Um, she's something of an introvert, let's call her. But she is also the lady that will go to a bar and um, freely masturbate a man in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So to anyone who's listening, if you enjoy masturbation, don't watch this movie because it's going to ruin <laughs> masturbation for you. Um, but with Rose overall and how she approaches things... There's something about her that I really like, that she is just, she's just goal-oriented, how she does things. Now, again, coming into where the Rose suggests that she call the county medical examiner, I mean, come on, it, this, it, I think one of the things that's being poked at a little bit here is the overall ineptitude of our government and how they can, how on any level they can fuck up royally on almost any given day. Um, it's something I kind of appreciate. Like, I, I, I'm not sure if they were trying to say that, but I think they were trying to say that. But the confrontation that you're talking about as Celia is finally like, okay, you were the last person that I know that was in the same room. <laughs> so I'm going to follow you and I'm going to see what's what. And when she walks in and finally gets a a whiff of what's what, boy, does this movie change in tone and does it change quickly. It becomes a completely different thing. And I think it's rare to, to take a movie and to turn it so hard on its head that you almost get whiplash. But at the same time, it makes the movie all that more compelling. That's a rare thing to happen. And it, I, there's a lot of movies that try to do that and they just fail miserably. This movie did not let me down. Yeah, well, a lot of times, too, though, it's like when when other movies out there have tried to do that, where it tries to flip it on its head, it's done to a point where it's just so far out of left field that it's like, are we even watching the same movie anymore or just completely... Uh, misses the mark. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I can definitely see, uh, you know, the poking fun at the, the government. Because basically Rose is just like, oh, yeah, well, you can, like, try giving them a call, but uh, they're not really open on the weekend. So it's like, oh, how, how, how convenient. Uh, so I'm going to have to wait even longer uh, for this information to uh, essentially get buried, uh, you know, at the office in this case. But, you know, sitting outside the apartment, because, uh, you know, Celia does follow Rose home and just, like, sitting there and, you know, you have that moment when Rose is just, she's hearing, like, a lot of beeping coming from inside the apartment and you just have that moment between the two where Rose just eventually stops and she's like, will you let me get in inside my house to, like, check out what that is? And then, uh, you know, Celia uh, forcefully enters to find 
uh, you know, Leela lying on a bed inside of, of this apartment. Uh, and this is when Rose explains that, you know, she's been performing an experiment on Leela. And, you know, since she had a similar genetic profile uh, as her, she started this procedure that could reanimate, uh, you know, her body. Uh, and, you know, this is something that Rose has uh, been developing for a very long time, actually, uh, which we find out a little bit later. Uh, something she's been doing since the age of six. Uh, she's really had this interest in, you know, studying the process of regeneration after uh, watching a starfish grow back its limb. And, of course, it kind of, like, evolves over time, uh, and you have that, you know, the mind of a child, like, oh, well, if a starfish can do that, surely other things can as well, right? Uh, doesn't always work out that way. When Celia comes in and sees her daughter for the first time, I honestly think that one of the brilliant things this story did is it didn't spend a lot of time on the horrified mother. Mm. Now, there was definitely a moment where we had the horrified mother, but it didn't dwell on it, which for me, I really appreciated. I, I thought it was great that they were like, this is horrific. I can't believe it. I lashed out. Let's move on. And what are we doing next? And that is the, maybe one of the more beautiful parts of this movie is that the relationship that Celia and Rose form around call it a common goal but for much different reasons um and it's one of those things i think when, when you've got people in life it's like you know, ultimately you can have a common goal and they're for different reasons and when we when we dive into what our reasons might be all too often they are very different or almost even clashing viewpoints but often it doesn't matter as long as the goal is the same and sometimes you just have to work to get there and with these two the lengths that they will go, it will definitely get to it. But there's some things in here where, as a parent, like I understand, but I love how it stretches. It stretches the level of understanding to a place where you have to ask yourself as you're watching this movie, would I or wouldn't I? And you have to you have to have your own sort of come to Jesus moment mm -hmm. personally watching this movie. And that's, again, a, a really awesome thing where it makes you think about yourself and what you might do. And it's like, like, how far would I go? And I'm like, I gosh, I don't know. I got to think about it. Um, and it puts you it puts you at that precipice of making a decision about this or that and what's right or what's wrong. And, and ultimately how the lines can get super, super blurred. And I it. It, the overall arching tone of this movie is life. That's what it is. That's but it, which is where the Frankenstein piece of it comes from. The, the goal is life, but it's more like you've got a scientist perspective of what life is, and then you have a mother's view of what life is. And I think that's one thing that like Frankenstein never did. Mm -hmm. Um, which is what makes this, I, to me, this movie so wonderful is that it gives you a fresh perspective on the whole thing and it really makes you think hard. And there's a point where you're like, God, would I go this far? And it makes you, it makes you question everything that you've ever thought about this. And it's, um, it, I'll, I'll say this. I watched it again after our Twisted Tuesday. 
the movie is still a hard watch. It's still a hard watch. Um, I think if you have kids, it's probably a little harder. If you're a mother, it's probably twice as hard. Um, and if you're a scientist of any shape or form, you're just sitting there going, well, of course, why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> um, so it, well, it, it tells you something about people and their differences and how people think. And mm -hmm. it, it's, there's a reason we're talking about it as one of the best of the year. Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, after this starfish moment, uh, when Rose was a child, uh, she's been researching ways in which humans could also repair their damaged cells uh, to come back to life. Uh, so, you know, Lidl in this case was on a ventilator uh, when Celia had found her at Rose's apartment. Uh, and, you know, there wasn't really like that, that protest moment uh, at all with uh, Celia. Uh, you know, instead, she really uh, kind of like dove right in, made herself at home. And sure enough, that's uh, that ends up being true because uh, she's essentially living at Rose's apartment uh, to, you know, take on her duties to make sure, uh, you know, that her daughter, you know, makes it through the experiment. Uh, so Celia was, uh, you know, obviously very desperate to have her daughter back, and she was ready to go to, you know, any extent to ensure that this continues to uh, be a thing. Now, I, I will say my my only gripe that I had with this movie is more when you when you look at the approach that this movie takes, uh, specifically like with all of the work that Rose has been putting into this, and knowing that she's trying to like monitor the fluids and everything. Uh, what exactly is she doing when she's not at her apartment? Because, like, obviously, like, not everything is going to be hunky-dory all the time, right? So at, like, the first sign of trouble, it's like, she's not going to be there to, like, pick up the pieces, uh, so to speak. So, like, to me, like, there's obviously moments when, uh, you know, Seedley's there, so you you have that like constant attention to this experiment, but I guess it just kind of like adds on to the point where it's like with Rose's character, obviously like her attachment to life or like just how how she views it definitely uh, is a little definitely more cold to the approach where it's like okay, well like she she has her her pig, and that's basically it, right? Like she doesn't really have anyone else in her life, so it's just like oh. I guess I'll just that's just the end of it really uh but all in all like I I love the fact that you have someone who's just dives so much into her work like she is very note oriented like she keeps logs of like the pig's diet so like any time that uh you know Celia is like making a change to that or like training the pig for example uh to sit down and like giving it a treat like obviously like she wants to know like hey like any sort of uh calorie intake change needs to be jotted down so i know so we could like accommodate uh towards like you know whatever uh you know mixture or for the fluid that uh you know they're given the uh both of the patients i, I will say in this case uh, but yeah, it was, it was just a funny thing. I'm like, well, it's it, it's hard to know like how much of an attachment she she really has, especially when you when you see like the lengths that she's willing to go to, whether it's you know with the pig, with Leela, or even her own mother, which you know comes into play later on. 
via the uh, the home videos. I think you really honored your own gripe there. Um, you kind of explained it. Yeah, you you could have gone one step farther and and saying that. So with Rose, Rose is the scientist. Rose is the goal oriented person. She does not have the personal connections. Where uh, Cecilia, or Celia, Celia. She has the personal connection, obviously, to, to Leela, who is her child. So it makes sense because <clears throat> parenting is not something that you open a book and you do the same thing every single day and your kid turns out perfect. There are – you have to adapt and overcome. And Rose doesn't have that ability. She she applies her logic. She applies a mechanism and hopefully things work well. If she if they don't work well, she jots it down in a notebook and then she starts over and goes on to the next thing. With a kid, you don't have that luxury. You you have to just keep going. And sometimes things don't work out the way that you want them to. Mm-hmm. You know, your kid gets sick and sometimes your kid gets better and sometimes your kid dies. And Rose has has the luxury of being able to just brush that off and go on to the next thing where Celia does not. You know, and now that she knows that her kid is still alive, her efforts, her instincts have redoubled, tripled, whatever else to to make this thing continue. So she's going to go to any length. At the same time, I can also understand being, being a, a parent of a sick kid and there's a point where you just got to find something to do. I mean, I'll tell you what, my wife goes to her ballet usually on Wednesdays, okay? And before I was your wonderful co-host on Handle with Scare, you know what I was doing? I was teaching my wife's cats tricks. Okay. That's what <laughs> I was doing. So I have I now have two cats that will come, sit, and lay down on command. Okay. So that piece of it honestly makes so much sense to me. It's like there gets to be a point where it's like there's nothing more I can do in this situation with this sick kid. I've done everything I do. I, I've done the medicine. I've done the fluid. And so I have to find something else to do so I don't go insane. Mm. And so it makes perfect sense. So why not teach the pig to sit? Why not? I mean, because, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's human nature. It's the human brain. It's like, you've got to give it something to do, or it just either a loses interest or it wants to shoot itself. So why not like find something to do? But I can also see how that screws with Rose and her experiments, right? Like, where does teaching the pig to sit factor into this experiment that I'm doing? It doesn't make any damn sense. But I also think it's a very human reaction, just finding something else to do. And watching Rose and and Celia, like, come together over time where, I mean, it's obvious that Rose is doing things that I think that are uh, fairly unsanctimonious and people would kind of frown at and everything that Celia is doing is like oh she's just a mother who loves her child but watching those lines blur over the course of the movie it's another one of those things where as a human it does put you at a point where you have to decide who you are and how far you're willing to go and you know this is basically Rose's uh dedication uh with her life was all to this experiment uh you know she wasn't one to uh have the time nor the will to like really go out and socialize uh with other people so to like have someone like kind of like push into your life in this case 
uh, is definitely an in interesting uh, dynamic because you definitely do kind of like get to the point where it's like they're an old married couple <laughs> in certain spots. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, but but really, like Rose has been in search for like the perfect subject uh, to experiment on. And, you know, Lila's genetic profile uh, matching her requirements made her a perfect candidate to, uh, you know, use the serum uh, that was derived from the fetus to result in the regeneration and therefore, you know, uh, was able to keep Alila's, you know, heart beating. Uh, now, it's, you know, important to note, like, even before coming across Alila, uh, Rose had already been conducting, like, some other experiments, primarily when it comes to, like, impregnating herself uh, with sperm that, again, like you had mentioned, uh, was collected from, you know, just a random bar goer. Uh, you know, in, in the bathroom. Uh, so, you know, she was basically forcing uh, her body to go through these changes to contribute to the experiment. And pretty evident that this was not the first time that she's done this. Uh, and she was keeping the fetus in a jar and was using the fluids uh, to develop the serum that she's been using. Uh, so, you know, we, we had the moment when Leela is taken off of her ventilator uh, and... Much to Celia's surprise, you know, her daughter is still breathing. Uh, and, you know, Leela was recovering better than what Rose had initially expected. Uh, but, you know, of course, when it comes to, like, medicine and just experiments in general, we do have that sort of major uh, setback, which kind of, like, leads us into more of the uh, questionable approaches being taken. But, uh, but I love, like, at the center of this, you know... You, you had those moments when, you know, the mother is just trying to see, like, how much of her daughter is still left in there. Like, sure, like, there there is a body, but how much of the mind is there? Like, does she recognize me? Like, does she know who I am? And you had those moments when, like, the mother will put on her daughter's favorite TV show. Or she'll uh, sing, like, lullabies. Or she'll basically go to bed and have, like... Uh, like, vi video clips of, like, the mom and daughter, uh, you know, just playing at the park to, like, try to, like, rekindle uh, that sort of relationship between the two so, like, they can go back to a normal life, whatever that normal life is going to be, uh, you know, given the circumstances. So, you know, it's, it's still just hanging on to that hope that, like, her daughter is still fully there uh, despite everything that had happened to her, uh, you know, dying and essentially coming back to life here. The title of the movie is Birth Rebirth, right? Mm -hmm. And it is interesting how they give you they give you so much of Leela almost being a newborn again. And you know, having no motor skills because they show them trying to teach her to walk again. Um and I, I think probably for me, maybe the bathtub scene is one of the most profound where she's getting her to clap mm -hmm. to the story that her mom is telling her that it shows you that she's a, a, a growing or developing, but at the same time has memory. I mean, and that probably is that's probably the scene that is maybe the creepiest to me in the whole movie where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to re-raise my kid. You know, but at the same time, it's like as much as she is uh, has so many infant like characteristics, 
Um, she also has memory. And that, I think, as a, as a person, again, this is why this movie was so good to me. Like, that scared me a little bit. Like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be this good parent all over again. But I now have this kid who is, you know, five or six or seven and is at a certain stage but has regressed so much. And now I have to try to teach her all these new things. But she also has memories. And it's like, as a parent, I was like, I wonder, like, does she remember all the good things? And then does she also remember all the mistakes I may have made along the way? And so that, to me, just like, that scared the shit out of me. Like, it was just kind of wild. But then with Rose and Rose and, you know, impregnating herself with the with the bum sperm from the bar. And ultimately, she has a miscarriage that she sort of induces herself. But then she ends up developing an infection and ends up having to have a hysterectomy where now she can no longer be the source of this serum that they need. Um, and that's when we introduce our character, Emily, who, if there's ever been a character in a movie that I have felt worse for, like I have truly as a human being felt for, it has to be her. Mm -hmm. Um, and that character, it, it took me a second when I was watching it. Um, but the actress's name is Brita Wool, and she actually played in, uh, the series, Mr. Mercedes. She played Freddie Linkletter and Mr. Mercedes, um, and played that character to a T. Um, so when I saw her and she went from being her character in Mr. Mercedes to this character, it was such a huge change. Um, but then just watching this character and how they sort of fake the results or screw up the results of these tests that she's having and i'm guessing that was an amniocentesis she was having i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure but i'm guessing that's what it was um but they have these great moments of watching these insertions of these needles and these needles being you know a centimeter away from a developing baby's skull that they make what happens in life every day people have these tests they make these tests really horrifying. Mm -hmm. um, and I I think as a guy, I've always known these tests existed. But to see them like that much in the forefront. Oh, that another one of those things where and I, I honestly I would call that body horror because it. Honestly, kind of freaked me out mm -hmm. like this is how we do this. That's like, really, like in this day and age, we stick a needle into a pregnant woman's abdomen and we, we drew it out and it just freaked me out it just bleh, just made me feel yucky yeah so uh emily ends up being like our next best option in regards to extracting the uh amniotic fluid uh for the experiment uh now of course you know with that we do the moment where in Leila's heart uh stops beating again but you know celia knows uh, at this point, like, that's not necessarily, you know, it doesn't mean everything was over at that point in time. Uh, she ends up, you know, leaving the house uh, with, the, you know, sense of urgency because of this. And when Rose returns from work, uh, you know, she finds that Leela's body is lying in the freezer. Uh, so this is when, you know, Celia wants to meet Emily back at uh, Emily's place. 
and you know it was impossible for her to like really like explain what was going on so you know she chose a, a different path uh in order to ensure like you know she had uh you know access to the placenta uh so you know we have this moment when she ends up drugging emily's tea uh which has a pretty profound effect because it results in emily having a seizure uh and you know celia is basically calls an ambulance uh and you know she's you know you know you have that moment when it's like she's trying to like be you know compassionate being like oh yeah you know like i'm her nurse yada 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 like trying to help like the emts out in this sort of situation but obviously like, she's the one who induces in the first place uh but emily gets admitted to uh the hospital and then this is when like the med team prepares for uh a premature delivery uh, now this kind of like goes into like the book ending of this movie because uh, like we open with like that moment when it's like we we hear the mother asking if uh, you know the ba- the baby is going to be okay and you know they're they're confident like yeah that's the case but then you had that moment after the fact which which is more like you don't have like that that the full emphasis behind it because like she is starting to like wane a little bit in regards to like her overall strength but she does ask like well am i going to be okay and you know you hear uh celia saying like what's that mama and you just have like that the music in that in that scene in particular is really haunting too and it really just like adds to that entire scene but you know it's it's just a very jarring way to like open it but like this is finally the moment when things come full circle uh in, in this With the beginning of the movie, and I, I honestly, I think that I think the the opening of this movie is brilliantly misleading. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, because you see, you know, this woman come in. You see what Rose is doing. You see what Rose is collecting. But you have you honestly have no idea that this is bringing you all the way to present time. You honestly have no idea. And it it's kind of honestly impressive that they were able to pull that off and not give it away at the same time. Um, I I honestly thought I mean the first time I saw this, like I said, it was in a theater at, at a film festival, and getting to the end of it, I walked out just being like I like I I had no idea, and I watch enough movies where I would love to fancy myself as somebody who pays attention all the time. At the same time, I know that that's not true, and I hope it continues to not be true because I because I I don't want to ruin movies for myself. Mm-hmm. Um. So with that, and with having the the discussion, especially towards the end, where it's like, well, I didn't mean to kill her, you know, and it's like when it all comes full circle, you're just like, oh my god. I mean, just... And... The... F- the I want to say it, the, the word is not fun. The... The really uh, joining part of this, or the part that, like, ultimately brings our two main characters together is the fact that they are both wanting to achieve the same thing, but they're wanting to achieve it for very different reasons. But when they do achieve it, they're both equally happy. Um, and that's kind of the end. When you see when you see Alila's body in that freezer, I'm sorry, that is fucking horrifying. It is 
absolutely horrifying. I, I can't think of anything worse than seeing a dead child in a freezer. I, I don't, but I think the big piece of this, and it's it's more, it, it speaks a lot to Rose's Rose's character, and then, but you know what Rose is trying to accomplish overall is that she has changed Celia's perception of what is and what could be, and at the very end when they they mix up quote well, let's call it what it is a new a new batch of the serum and we see the perspective through Leela's eyes as the eyes open and mom is like welcome back baby it's i mean for all the movies that i have seen that have copied or sort of tried to emulate frankenstein there is not one that takes you to a place that this movie does where you're seeing frankenstein as a six-year-old child there's there's nothing that even comes close um and i hate to keep saying it but as a parent i like i understand i understand like you would do whatever it takes there's another side of my head that says there might be a limit Mm -hmm. but i also don't know where that limit is i don't know where it stops and I'm not sure what that says about me or about anything else, but God damn, this movie got me thinking about it. And I think that's why it stuck with me for, you know, the eight, nine months that it stuck with me is it just kept me thinking like, what would I do? And it's a big piece of what made this movie fantastic, you know, and I know that there's people out there that didn't like it or there's a couple of different critics that called it derivative or whatever else. And I mean, to be honest, I think those are people that didn't bother to let this movie in Mm -hmm. and they didn't open themselves up and allow themselves to be both rejoicing and horrified at the same time. And that's a good movie when you can just be celebrating and also be horrified at the same time. It it really shines the light on how, you know, in, in the moment of, you know, childbirth, you know, saving the baby is the priority. Uh, you know, the mother's only expected to care about the baby's health. Uh, so, you know, whether or not, like, when Emily was asking if she was going to be okay, like, whether or not, like, that actually reached the medical team, uh, you know, even if it did, like, it was not important uh, enough to, like, kind of, like, answer back because, like, the baby is a priority, uh, you know, in, in this case. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, Emily does end up suffering like another seizure, uh, you know, after the birth. Uh, so, you know, she unfortunately dies, uh, you know, during this. And, you know, of course, like, you know, Celie does like feel uh, like that that guilt momentarily. Uh, but, you know, Rose, be, you know, just being as cold as she is, like, you know, when the news broke out to her, like it was just one of those moments where it's like, she didn't really care about, like, what we're on. Like, you know, it's the experiment is back on track. We can keep doing what we're doing. You know, it's like, all right, let's just get right back to work. And it's just like, man, it, <laughs> you, you know, you, we're, we're constantly talking about, like, well, how far is, is someone willing to go? But, like, it, it's very obvious, you know, at one point, you know, Celia, as as a mother, uh had a more cautious approach like this this entire experiment but you know as we progress further and further and you're you're kind of getting to the point where it's like okay well like what is the next step 
And it's just like, well, this match is ruined. We're going to move on to the next scene. It's it's that moment of realization of, like, what are you actually willing to do in those uh, the moments of, well, I'm left with no other choice. And it, it really does feel like, at, at, to the point with, like, Celia, it's like you are beyond the... You know the point of like no return at this point. Like your your morals are definitely getting, going to get like put into question because like this necessarily wasn't you like at at the start of this. But you know it's if you would ask her like at the end of this like whether or not it was all worth it. It's like I I think the the guilt of Emily's death while yeah like may weigh on her uh, temporarily. Obviously like at at the end-all be-all is, you know, her daughter is still alive, so for her, it's totally going to be worth it. Well, this movie, it it approached that end scene from a, a bunch of different directions because if you look at it, we have Emily, who is ultra-wealthy and ultra-whatever-else, and it's like, so is she a sacrificial lamb? I think in today's society, a lot of people would say, yeah, probably. Um, but at the same time, I mean, especially between Celia and Rose, I mean, I ultimately think they brought each other closer together on the spectrum of what's right and what's wrong. Um, and at the same time, pushed them to corners of their mind where they probably never would have gone without knowing the other. Uh, it, and that's, I think, probably a piece of what our overall society is missing today is that we don't ever bother to think about somebody else and what somebody else might be going through and and you know what might be happening in their life and and what lengths that they would go to to try to rectify things um with a with a kid i mean using a kid here was both brilliant and risky um for me, it it both alienated me and brought me in closer. So maybe that was the intended goal. Um, but it fucked with me a little bit. It honestly did. And knowing that you have these, these two people that didn't know each other had next to nothing in common other than working in the same building and then and they honestly didn't even know who each other were and one who has spent her life trying to raise a kid by herself but also trying to go to her job and still be compassionate because they show that she is uh, uh, cecilia is so compassionate in how she approaches her things and then having having rose who thinks that she is trying to serve the greater good but is as cold as a cinder block. It's, I mean, so it's like, but when you put it like that, it's like, okay, so who's wrong? I don't know. Is anybody actually wrong? I, I probably not. It, 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 it's more about the approach and that I think is what it talks about our society now. And it's like how it doesn't seem like anybody can get along for any reason whatsoever. I, I think this is a, this is a good example of how, People of different agendas can come together for a greater good, and ultimately it does not really matter what the details are. It's like we're just trying to get over here. So let, let's get over here. Let's work over the details later. Um, and this movie, man, I, I, I'm i glad we watched it. I, I think, I, again, it's one that's really stuck with me. It stuck with me the whole damn year. I can't get away from it. I... I 
I just think it's great. Um, you know, if you don't think it's great, that's totally fine. Um, uh, it, I mean, you're you're talking about it, and you've got a lot of good points. So maybe maybe even if you're not gonna give it to me, give it to me. I I still think you liked it, so I'm happy about that. Um, uh, but boy, when it comes to when it comes to horror, there are so many movies that like don't have a point. Mm-hmm. They're just horror for the sake of horror. This movie has about seventeen thousand points, <laughs> um, and I think each time you watch it, you're going to pick up another one. Um, you know, and for me as a horror watcher, there's lots of horror that I can watch and rewatch, and it's like if it doesn't have a point, that's cool, but. There's a lot of it when it does, it really sticks with me. And this is one I think, honestly, for years is going to stick with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And, you know, Rose is definitely a very intriguing character, uh, too. Because, like, obviously, like, this experiment that she's doing is f- far from ethical. Uh, and, you know, obviously, that's something that she's been, uh, you know, struggling to deal with. And, and it, I, I thought it was interesting, too, the fact that, like, she was a vegan on top of that. So, I I wonder if, like, that it was a way for her to, like, try to, like, cope with, like, her conscience, you know? Because, like, we have that moment when, like, you know, she she faints, uh, and obviously, like, her body is, like, really frail and weak at this point, and, you know, our, our nurse ends up giving her meat, and you, you have that moment where she's, like... Well, I don't, I don't, I don't eat meat, and she's like, "Well, <laughs> this is you basically gonna, you need iron. Like, this is gonna make you make yep. sure that you're on the meds. You can continue to like do the work, you know, which you know is your your livelihood at this point. It has been uh, for you know ever, ever since you were six years old. Uh, so I thought I thought that was very very interesting, and you know, sure enough, like she does partake. She does, you know, start to eat. Uh, I mean, she doesn't like eat the full plate from from what we've seen, but she though she does uh, consume some of the meat. So you know, you're already seeing that effect. That uh, like what lengths she's actually willing to go to like compromise her own body in order to you know continue the research, even well after the fact when she's like no longer like the main source, you know, of uh, of the fluids that she needs to make. I believe that's the. That's the scientist in her just going, yes, there's a deficiency here and I need to meet it. Um, which, if you follow this, of course, this entire movie, that spot makes sense of her just saying, well, okay. And But I also honestly think that it says something about her being, you know, because she's a pathologist, so she's a doctor, mm-hmm. right? I think it also, from my perspective, um, like my family has a lot of people that are either nurses or do things in nurses. And I, I think it's a, it's a spot where they like, they give the nurse a thumbs up, like a nurse, the nurse is actually the caregiver. The nurse is actually the person that makes people better because they're the ones that actually know things. They're not checking boxes on a form or saying, this is going to be this way or that way. They're the, they're the humans in the equation, you know, when it, anybody has anything medical happen to them. I mean, ultimately you need somebody who says this is what's wrong. Okay. We, we need that. We need, uh, we, we need the explanation, but we also need someone who is going to hold our hand and help us get better on the journey. And I think nurses do that. And I think 
for me, I think that was the one place where the the fancy pathology doctor was laying over and giving props to the nurse saying, yeah, you probably know what's better here, and I'm just going to go ahead and do this. And I... One more thing for me to love about the movie, and I'm, I know that I'm, I know that I'm blowing it, but I'll tell you what, I, it's been a long time since I've walked out of a movie theater, and especially during the film festival, and just been like, wow, just wow, um, and even my wife, my wife watches, and she was just like, I mean, this was, when we leave the film festival, we, we have to walk about ten minutes back to the car, then we have about a fifteen minute ride home, the whole time talking about this just talking about it and just trying to dissect it and and make it make sense in our brains and from my chair the longer it takes for you to make any of this make sense the better the movie was um and i I think to this day you know we watched it last time she came out and watched it again and she was just like you know here we are again and it was like picking out new things because for her it was only her second watch and it's like well why did what does she do why did okay see so you get it we're, we're, we're talking about it and there's ultimately not a lot of explanation other than things that are left to your head to try to fill in the blanks and try to explain and this movie just did it superbly yeah there there are definitely approaches that could have been taken that um i think the general audience probably would have frowned upon and by that like when we're talking about bringing uh <laughs> Someone back from the dead, uh, I, I think one of the more common tropes, especially when it comes to children, uh, is, you know, other films would probably approach it as like, okay, well, like, we, we obviously we talked about, like, to to a degree of, like, how much of our child is actually uh, still there uh, in regards to, like, the memory or, you know, just that sort of, like, connection between the mother and the daughter. But, like, in so many other cases, like, a stereotypical, like, horror movie would have just, like, went more of, like, the something is seriously wrong with the kid, like, whether it's demonic or, you know, whatever. Uh, this movie does not take that approach at all. Really, the only time that we get, like, even just a, a, a minute hint that uh, this is not, like who Lila actually is, is that moment when she does start to crawl on her own. Uh, you know, she ends up going into the kitchen and ends up butchering Rose's pet pig, uh, Muriel. Yep. Uh, you know, who was also uh, going through the same sort of, you know, regeneration experiments, because, uh, you know, Muriel had died a few times already at this point. Uh, so yeah, what's one more? Uh, but it, it's... It it was definitely like one of those moments where it's like, man, like how how violent, like what what tendency like really brought that on, like in in the kid. I don't know if it was just like an act of jealousy or you know or something triggered it in the brain, but it was just one of those moments where it's like, obviously, like that scene suggests, uh, you know, how Leela will. You know, probably never be the child that, you know, the seemingly is, like, so desperately wanting to get back. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, for the mother, like, that's that's still fine because her daughter is still alive. It's just to, like, what extent is she actually there? But, you know, just the—just her presence is going to be more than enough for Seeley regardless. See, I wonder with that scene— and I've I've wondered this since the first time that I watched it. Um, did Leela 
come up and kill that pig because she was hungry, mm-hmm. because it was making noise, um, it, a multitude of reasons, or was when Leela was quote unquote reborn, um, was she born with instincts, but not a lot of knowledge? And that's the part where I think that, that it might be just an instinct thing and not a lot of knowledge where, you know, when you, when you have, a, we have a newborn baby, it has lots of instincts, but it does not have a lot of knowledge and doesn't have a lot of capabilities. But with Leela, she was born with her memories, which gives her knowledge. She was born with instincts, which is another part of her knowledge. And she had just a slight more capability. So, you know, assuming that you're a, a five or six month old baby and Everyone has seen this where, you know, that this cute baby and the puppy comes up and the kid grabs a hold of the tail and starts doing things to the puppy. I mean, so I, it's like I wonder if that was part of it. She just had a little bit more knowledge and a little more tools. And it's definitely one of the more off-putting scenes in the movie and definitely where do you get to a it, – it definitely gives you that more sort of killer slash Frankenstein vibe to it. But there's a piece of me that I don't think it's all that impure. Like, I think there's a piece of it that sort of makes sense. But I don't think anyone's ever bothered to show us that and scare us like that. Like, hey, is my newborn baby actually a killer? But it just doesn't have the skills to do it yet. Um, so Maybe. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But I kind of hope so. Because I makes me appreciate babies in a whole different way <laughs> yeah it just it, it made me long for the moment of uh you know muriel dying coming back to life and like being like oh you want to play that game huh let me one-up you like we never got that moment when like muriel fights back that would have been hilarious to me uh to like see that sort of divide and uh see how how celia would responded in that case because it, it definitely like you you kind of like get to the point where it's like okay um well obviously like my daughter isn't, like, completely evil, but it, it still makes you question it enough to the point where it's like, well, I know my daughter wouldn't do that. So, like, maybe it would, like, kind of, like, put her in a position where, uh, you know, maybe she would potentially want to quit the experiments or, you know, is this going to be something that's going to just continue on for the sake of just, you know, science and, you know, maternal love in this case. Well, that's the that's the instinctual thing, though, right? So, like a pig is, a pig is only going to have the memories, the thoughts, and the instincts of a pig, whereas a person is going to have the memories and the thoughts and instincts of a person. Mm-hmm. You know, so does does our little Leela know that? Hey, that's where bacon comes from. So <laughs> I'm going to kill that, right? I, so you know, it's impossible to tell. And, and now that we've said that, it makes me want to watch it one more time. Just somebody ever in the whole thing. Because I, I, I do think that there was a point where somebody in the movie was cooking and there was a mention of bacon. And I kind of want to... God damn it. No, I got to do it. I hate when you do this to me, dude. I hate it. You give me that little fucking nugget where I got to fucking chase it down and I got to watch a movie seven times before I'm sure that I'm either right or wrong. Um, but I think that's the whole thing. That's it. But, you know, ultimately it, it, it goes back to... With Rose and her experiments... And what what the videotapes that we see in the movie show where she literally experimented on her mother. Um, it shows her coldness, 
but it also shows how meeting Celia and especially meeting Leela, it's it's like it seems like the like the goal of the whole thing is to take everybody to like an acceptable middle ground where it's like we can do these things um but then how far are we willing to go to keep doing them and that's getting to the end of the movie and especially with the bookends and seeing the start and then the finish and then like i said the whole i didn't mean to kill her i mean it kind of tells you a lot about how far everyone's willing to go and it's ultimately because it's got to be a horror movie it's probably farther than most of us are willing to go mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely to the extreme where uh with their approach it really felt like we're going to do this until we exhaust every possible like situation <laughs> like we're gonna go through all of our resources and then at that point you know that is just going to be the end of it you know it was just like constant like okay well like what's the next step uh, so we, we never really got to the point where it's like, all right, we've got like, there, there's no other choice. Like that's, that's going to be the end of it. Cause they were constantly just finding, you know, like whatever the new wave was going to be. It's one of those things about this movie that I, that I, I really loved and, I, and, and movies of its, of its same, you know, genre or same ilk that I always love where, it takes me as a person and it ratches up the societal stress and the societal emotion. Um, because there's lots of movies I watch that do that. And then I honestly, I know where the cutoff point is. This is one of those movies because it was her kid. I didn't get there. And it was like, like, okay, if it's my kid, yeah, I do that. I do that. So I got to the end of the movie and it was into your point. Like what's next? And I'm like, fuck. Do I have a decision to make here soon? <laughs> and, but it didn't get there. But I, I'm, I'm saying that like it left me hanging, but it didn't. It didn't. It, it made me think about what came next. Mm. So, it's it, there's not a lot of movies that are this good at showing you the dynamics between people of completely opposing viewpoints, but at the same time bringing them together towards the same goal. But then also may think of your own life and what would you do and how far would you go and really making you assess it mm-hmm. and it's probably one of the more clever things they did in this movie and it's like well because it, I mean this movie does everything short of stopping and looking at the camera and going what would you do you know and, and making you face that decision and it's eh like I said, I, I think it's why I love this movie so much because it made me so goddamn uncomfortable. It made me think about every decision I've ever made as a parent in my life. And it's like, it, it, I mean, and having to relive every single parental decision you've made, to be perfectly honest with you, is fucking horrifying. It, it doesn't, it makes you relive every decision you've ever made, whether it's, hey, should I have yelled at that t-ball coach? Should I have done this? Should I have done that? And it's like, and when you do that, it makes you really uncomfortable, and it makes you it, it puts you in a in a headspace that's really not a good thing. But at the same time, it keeps you thinking, and it, it it helps you think about through all those things, and it gets you to a place where it's like you kind of finally understand that it's like oh, I did the best that I could, and I think that's what this movie is really all about from both characters' perspectives. It's about doing the best that you can, but it's 
gets to be a stretch when you're cutting up a, a corpse and putting a placenta in a cooler and taking it home. Yeah, and uh, I, I will say, too, like, I do appreciate the fact that, you know, re- regardless of the circumstances that brought the two together, like, we, we do see a very, like, distinctive change in uh, Rose's social personality. Because, like, even, like, at work, you know, we, we see that's the sort of, like, interactions that she has with her, her lab assistant or whatever uh, you, you want you want to call them uh, in this case. But, like, you know, really early on, like, you know, her, her co-worker is on the phone with his wife. And uh, he's trying to uh, basically, like, explain to her, it's like, hey, like, I, I need to go. Like, there was an incident at the school, and they need me to be there. Uh, and, you know, Rose just has that sense of, like, well, your 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 wife is already there, so why do you need to be there? And then, you know, fast forward, um, when, you know, Celia has, has, is, is living with her. And so you have a lot more uh, social interactions uh, with Rose. You get to the point where, you know, she's back at work and, you know, her coworker enters the room with, uh, you know, his son. And, you know, they're on, like on a, a way to like the Rangers game. Uh, and, you know, like the, the son's like asking like, hey, like what's uh, what, what's wrong with her? And, you know, that's like trying to explain to uh, his son, like how, you know, she's sick and like the the boy, like officer, you know, piece of chocolate. And like you have like that. It's I'm not gonna say like it's like really sincere, but like you, you have a very like human, genuine response from bros, which what feels like the very first time like in this movie. And like if it wasn't for Celia, that moment never would have happened. It would have just been more like. He can't be in here like, you know, like he's going to contaminate, you know, whatever, or he's like going to make a mess or just like move on. But like, it's also just a thing where it's like, like she smiles and like she tells him to like, you know, enjoy themselves, really. And it's like completely out of the blue, not something that her coworker would have expected because it's probably like the like the most human interaction the two of them have ever had in, you know, however long the two of them have you know worked together, uh, you know, in the pathology lab. Well, that's where the the whole thing flips the script, and when especially when you get to the end of the movie, and again back to that bookend piece of it, where she is now, you know, you have this woman who has given birth, died while given birth. You know, the baby is still alive, but it's sort of precarious. But she is harvesting this woman for her placenta and for whatever else. But again, you don't know it until later, but. I think her reasoning for doing those things has changed. I think it's it's gone a little bit away from I have to get data from my experiment or from my experiments to now we have to see what we can do for this child. Mm-hmm. And that moment that you're talking about is I think a precursor to her building up to that. So yeah, that's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. I think that's everything I have in my notes. I definitely took, jeez, oh, compared to like our next movie, <laughs> I don't have as much notes. Um, but yeah, so so really, birth, rebirth, modern interpretation of Frankenstein. Um, you know, I know initially, like I was very like kind of like middle of the pack. I was like, man, I don't really know where to rate this one because it's like. At the end of the day, I, I know, like, if it's a movie that makes me think, I'm always going to appreciate it a lot more than one that's just like, oh, on to the next, sort of like, if the experiment, like, if the batch went wrong, like, oh, well, just moving on to the next scene. Um, so, I, I'm i wait, obviously, like, we still, 
I got a few more movies to watch before the end of the year. Uh, not too many genre ones, so I'm very anxious to see like where it's going to end up. But um, you know, I've been doing like the scale of like one to five uh, for like all my genre ones, and I I, I think I settled at four point two five. Uh, on this one, at least on my list. So I got to see where that's at. No. So it's definitely, it's in my top five as it stands. Um, no, outstanding. At, at this point. I'm, I, you know what? I'm I'm glad to hear it, and I'm glad to hear it only because you and I talk so much about movies, mm-hmm. and it's like, what should we talk about, and what should we do? And it's like, no matter what I did, no matter what I watched, I kept coming full circle back to this one. So, mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, I'm glad that you watched it, I'm glad that you were able to think about it. And it it sounds a little bit like maybe give it a second chance too. Um but it's it, it I honestly think it's a rare thing for a movie to be this profound. And if you don't care, you don't care. That's fine. Move on. Go watch something else. This one really got it this one stuck in my head. It made me think about so many different things. And I mean, kudos to Laura Moss for directing this because it, it's for a first time, at Grand Slam, out of the park. I mean, there's it, there's nothing about this movie that is not going to make you reconsider something that you've done in your life, or if you were in a given situation, what you might do. And for all the horror movies out there, there's not a lot of them that do that. Yep. Or not do them uh, to this extent. Well, I, I mean, to this extent, but I mean, it's like, the extent is only the limit to which you're pushed to, right? Mm-hmm. And just because we haven't all been pushed here doesn't mean that we won't at some point in our life. Um, and that's the cool part for me. It's like, I I always assume that tomorrow I'm going to be pushed to some new limit. And to be, to be honest, I hope that I am. Otherwise, tomorrow's going to be fucking boring, right? But this is... Uh, Walking into an apartment and finding your daughter that you thought was dead hooked up to a ventilator and a woman saying to you, I'm trying to help her. And you're like, okay, what can I do? I mean, it's, I think it says a lot about the all-female cast and a lot of the cast being very motherly, but then having this one woman that is just so stone-cold hard, but she sort of comes around slowly towards the end and starts to get it. Um, and and that, that includes the time that she was caring for her own mother, you know, and she was using her mother as a guinea pig and hooking up electrodes to her, to her muscles to make her hands move. And th- I mean, so this is not somebody who understands the human experience and bringing somebody full circle to where they can do that. That's uh, the dichotomy is crazy to me, but it, the, the story is so good. The darkness in this movie, there's a hovering darkness in this movie that's always there that you can't get away from. And ultimately, I think it's the I think it's the death of this child. But when they make you face this darkness full on and then pull the curtain back and say, "Oh no, wait, we're not there." And then do it again. "Oh no, wait, we're not there." the very end of the movie where that you, you see the eyes open and it's like, I, it just, if this movie doesn't get you, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't see a shrink. Just, <laughs> you got problems. 
All right, so looking ahead, uh, we're doing a double recording, so this is going to be interesting. Uh, but up next, we have Candyland, uh, which is another one of my earliest watches of the year. This is what we had watched uh, last night for Twisted Tuesday. Uh, very, uh, I, I, I will say this. I, I think out of... I don't think since, like, uh, the mean one has there been as much chatter <laughs> as there was last <laughs> night uh, for a multitude of uh, of reasons. Um, but by, like, out outside of, like, elements of the retaliators, probably the most grindhouse movie that we'll talk about on this podcast, so... Uh, that's, that's what is happening up next, and of course, uh, we got one more recording to, uh, wrap up the year, so I will be curious on our next episode to, uh, to know what you're going to finish the year with. Uh, but Birth Rebirth, absolutely fantastic, so hopefully we can keep the trend going. Okay, I, I have decided for the last one, but I'll save it till the end of the next recording to... Unleash it upon the world. (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, So with that being said, guys, we will see you. uh, I mean, I'm going to be releasing both these episodes back to back. Might as well. I mean, I'm just going to be editing them at the same time anyway. So fuck it. Uh, And uh, yeah, we'll go again here in a couple of minutes. So we'll see you guys in a bit. Oh, perfect. Bye.